Welcome to Bear Books for the love of indie. We're here to highlight and amplify self-published authors. My name's April Berry. And I'm Daisy Ray. We've got a book review coming up for you today. And I have got to say, I think this has been one of the most difficult books that we've ever had to review. We decided to review a book of, of short stories that was put together by a couple of people that, Daisy, you met at Leicester Pride. Is that correct? Yeah, so some had just gone, went to Leicester Pride, and there were a couple of book stands in there, which were really, really interesting. And I had some really nice conversations with the people that were manning the stalls that were also some of the authors of the books. So I bought a haul home, as you do, when you're a bit of a bookie like we are. And one of the ones I picked up was called Girls Next Door, and it was edited by Sandy Lowe and Stacia Seaman. And it's a book full of flash fiction stories which I thought would be something that would be right up our alley because Bear Books is all about flash fiction and anthologies we've got two of our own out there let's face it but it wasn't that easy to do was it no it wasn't I found it difficult because it was short stories and and like every sort of anthology that you read I suppose you've got your favorites and you've got your not so favorites Uh, there was one of the stories that I didn't even finish reading in the book It might have appealed to somebody with a bit of a dystopian mindset that spends all the day in a bedsit surrounded by black bags, fag ends and empty pizza cartons. (laughs) I just couldn't finish it. It was awful. But for me, if there was a story I didn't particularly like, I put the book down and then started reading an autobiography about a cyclist or something like that that I wanted to read. So I really struggled, but then I got to force myself to pick the book back up because my lasting impression of it was the story that I'd just finished reading was the biggest pile of poo that I'd ever actually clapped eyes on, if I'm brutally honest. Well, maybe we shouldn't be quite so brutal, although saying that on our last episode, I do sort of remember you mentioning about panning for gold. (laughs) Well, yeah. Because there were only a few little nuggets in there of goodness. We decided, Daisy and I, that what we'd do is we'd look at our tops and bottoms. And and Daisy got that idea from RuPaul's Drag Race, I believe. Oh, I love that programme. At the end of every episode, RuPaul stands there and she just they judge everybody, her and her panel. Yeah, brutally as well, I must admit, sometimes it can be really cruel. She is very, very honest, but that's part of the reason that I love it so much. But... She'll send the ones to the back of the stage that are safe, that aren't in any kind of trouble that particular week. And what that leaves on the stage is her tops and her bottoms, which are the best and the worst of that week. So I suggested to April that we have our tops and our bottoms of the stories on this podcast for this particular book, just because there are like 19 plus stories in here. Which, and we couldn't possibly review all 19 of them. This would be like 14 hours long, this episode, if we tried to. Strangely enough, our bottoms absolutely matched. Yes, they did. I had one of those ones that I, that, that I thought maybe was going to go into the bottom, but then I sent it to the back of the room so it was safe for this week. <laughs> Good of you. That was Kiss Cam, which I found a bit bizarre, if I'm honest, because you take somebody that's to a a match that's 
an ex and has been for six months and you want to get back with them, but then you end up kissing the person next to you that's been eating a pickle. And I kind of really thinking, well, do I not like it? Do I? But anyway, I sent it to the back of the room. But our three that we thought were the, at the bottom was Isle of Lesbos. Now, you'd think, wouldn't you, that that title, Isle of Lesbos, would be something really flowing and dramatic and it, it would be the island of Lesbos. No, it was a thrift store or something of that kind. It was so bad that I really don't know. Maybe you can fill us in, Daisy, on actually what it was about. I wrote notes all over this book while I was reading it. So I'll read you the notes that I wrote at the end of this story. I have to agree that, like April, I didn't finish reading this one. This was, for me, the worst story in the book. And the notes that I wrote at the end of this story were, I got bored reading this one before I got to the end. I felt the writer concentrated more on trying to write clever than she did on crafting her story. And I got so bored reading clever, I just gave up because the story paled into insignificance and didn't matter anymore. So I thought, well, why am I still reading it then? That's most probably why I didn't understand it. I mean, the best line in the whole story was, to show her appreciation, Yvette steps forward and hugs me. To show mine, I reciprocate, wrapping my arms around her like a label on a soup can. I mean, really? Yeah, there was a lot of that sort of language in this story. I, I just couldn't get it. So, so that was one. We both agreed on that one. The next one that we agreed on that was one of our bottoms was... Guilty pleasure. What I wrote on the page at the time was, not a fan of this one. I know nothing about these women. It's just shallow sex. I like a bit of erotica now and then, but unfortunately, this did nothing for me. Sex for the sake of sex is not a story, and I'm looking for a story. Andy watched Sam fuck someone else and just wanted in on that. She could have been anyone. For me, it wasn't worth the page. You kind of put some thought into the reviews, where my reviews are all in my head running around scrambling for space yeah this one annoyed me in the first paragraph because it's about neighbors okay the person that's the central character in the story moves in next door and the parents were helping her unload boxes from the u-haul and i'll read you the exact bit that really annoyed the hell out of me I don't recall the exact course we took through multiple topics, but somehow we ended up on how I'm single, a lesbian, and how their college-aged daughter was a lesbian too. Even though the conversation with this middle-aged couple was awkward, and in of itself, I was at least a little grateful that they didn't assume I knew her because of her shared orientation. But why would you announce to somebody that you're helping move into a house that your daughter's gay? Isn't that for your daughter to do? Well, yes, that's her business. It's her personal life. Yeah. Why would you feel the need to out her anyway, regardless? I know. The other thing that it just made me think of the assumption that, oh, look, the two lesbians, they'll fancy each other and that'll be the end of that then. Oh, my days. Let's not go down that road. Otherwise, this is going to turn into a soapbox, not a podcast. Are you with me on that? I am. I am with you. So, so that was the reason why. And then the final one that we both agreed on that was at the bottom of the pile is a story called Gold. Now, I was absolutely outraged at this story, but that's my, I suppose, sense of 
impropriety, sense of, it's everything that I abhor, let's put it that way. You know, going out with somebody for money is the wrong thing to do, regardless of anything. You know, that is the wrong thing. That should be the last thing on your mind. And I'm sure that this woman that is only after everybody's money is meant to be the protagonist in this story. But she's just not a nice woman. She's awful. Absolutely awful. The way she treats that poor girl who makes her a bloody lunch every day and brings it in and she just accepts it like it's... See, I'm getting mad now looking at money talking about it. Can I read you my notes? Can I? Can I? You can. You can, yeah. What I wrote on the book for this one then was, all a bit too convenient for me. Devon is shallow and greedy and that does not change really. Pip watches her being a dick and wants her anyway. I'd have been more impressed if Devon had fallen for a regular girl and seen the error of her ways. It seems Devon got rewarded for being a douche. What's that about? You see, the thing is, uh, Pip was was doing this summer job and she was just earning some money. And Devon actually didn't like her until she went over to her house and she just realised just exactly what wealth she came from. And then she was all over her like a rash. It was absolutely blooming awful. And there's no way that the writer could even attempt to persuade us that Devon just happened to realise what a wonderful person Pip was at the same time that she just happened to realise how rich she was. It's not happening. No, not at all. It's not happening. So those are the worst stories. You'll be pleased to know we're not going to wax lyrical about any more of the badness in the book. No, we're not. We're now going to talk to you about the best of the book. So the best ones. We didn't quite coincide, did we, on the on what we thought was the best? Well, we did both like cupcake. We did. It, it was just cute, and it was it was really really sweet. I think it was a really nice opener for this book. I do too. To make this the first story in the book did draw you in, and it was a particular favourite of yours, I think, wasn't it? Oh, yes. I can wax lyrical about this story for a little while. If you are prepared and you've got a cup of tea in hand, I will begin. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was a fun, easy read. It's got a really nice flow of words. It's quirky. It's short but it's well-rounded. Like the best stories, it's streamlined. And while there are no excess scenarios or characters, there is definitely room for some nice literation. And even though it was predictable, it was enjoyable, short and sweet, like Katie's cupcakes. So there are some bits and pieces in this story that I've underlined that particularly stood out for me, like, and I quote, I'm pretty sure I pouted like a 10-year-old girl, which I thought was quite amusing, and I've written in the margin, nice touch. And then I also underlined, and I quote, I slightly grumble at him as he says something I can't quite make out, and she laughs. He's done this before, taken her attention away from me, and I've decided I hate him just a little, which I thought was quite amusing. And she followed that with, I narrowed my eyes in the guy's general direction, tried to make his head explode using just my mind. Sadly and unsurprisingly, it doesn't work. I thought that was hilarious. It made me actually laugh out loud. So I really liked that touch. But it's relatable. It's candid. Yeah. I mean, I know that it was a bit of a, of a fairy tale spin on the ending at 
but but it was yeah. it had realism throughout the story and you had to have that kind of fairy tale predictable ending and i thoroughly enjoyed that so we did agree on cupcake yeah we did the second story that we like is the girl next door i've got to disagree with you um on this one girl the girl next door that that would have been my back of the room you're safe but you're nothing spectacular okay so what would you have instead of it well i liked hooper street okay this is the one I moaned about, isn't it? Yes, it's the one you moaned about. You read the first chapter and thought, what the hell? But go on, we'll talk about Girl Next Door first. Well, I do like Girl Next Door. I think it's a really nice story. I think it's relatable. I think it's cute. I think, again, it's a little bit predictable, but I didn't let that stop me enjoying the story. And I like the characters. Kate does sound like an absolutely adorable character and somebody that I'd really like to get to know. But I'm interested in talking to you about Hooper Street that you liked. So this was the one that you rang me up about and said, what the hell is this? I mean, I remember you reading the the first paragraph, and I'm going to read the first paragraph out myself, because it says, as streets go, Hooper Street wasn't much of a looker. Rows of terraced houses bunched together like a set of teeth in a mouth that rarely smiled. White PVC windows like the white of the eyes of someone gasping for air stood out starkly against the red brick. Okay, so that bit that you read out there, like a set of teeth in a mouth that really smiled, while PVC windows like the whites of the eyes of someone gasping for air. So are the teeth or are the eyes? Because it's it's both in that analogy and it does not work in any way, shape or form. And I suppose the OCD in me let that spoil what would otherwise probably have been an okay story because there were parts of this that I liked. Yeah, no, it actually was. I mean, I I think I started reading that because you'd pointed out the the absurdity of the first paragraph. And I just continued it and I thought, well, actually, just let's ignore the first paragraph because you were right, it is a bit absurd. But it was really nice. And it kind of talked about the de- the bin men coming, and what it made me think of was a, was a suburban street in any large UK city. Yeah. And I kind of think that most of these stories are based in the USA. I don't know, but that's what I'm kind of thinking that they are. But this just made me think of a leafy suburban street where there are rows and rows and rows of three story terrace houses with eye teeth that do look like they're all. Teeth in a mouth that doesn't smile. I mean, it would have been quick, let's put it that way. They said hello first thing in the morning and then last thing at night they're in bed together. I like Abby's character up to a point, but would you really take cake round to your angry, strange neighbour who was downright rude to you at 10 o'clock at night and sleep with her? Well, obviously. Well, obviously she did, because... <laughs> Yeah, obviously she did. <laughs> but that doesn't make this a bad story. That just makes Abby's decision a little bit strange to me. Yeah, I suppose it was strange. But yeah, I've got to say it was Victoria Sponge. Does that make it all right? That makes it all right. And <laughs> I, I thought it was quite funny because Abby says, do you have any jam? It's the only thing I haven't had time yet this morning to make. And the, the comment was, really? Who makes their own jam? Are you for real? Or actually quite mortified because I make my own jam. 
I'm saying absolutely nothing. Do you not think, though, that the fact that they go from strangers to living together in such a short space of time is a bit of a lesbian cliche? <laughs> what do lesbians take on a second date? A U-Haul. <laughs> a U-Haul, yeah. It made me smile. It made me laugh. Yeah. And not because of the humour in the story, but because I could see the hilarity of the whole situation. Yeah. What neighbourhoods are these? Because I think we need to move. <laughs> well, this is it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think we're moving in the wrong neighbourhood. It was quite a good story, I will give you that. What was your last one for the top? I like the perfect blend. It talked about real-life feelings and people's anxieties and the fact that that's what people go through on a day-to-day basis. Nobody's happy, smiley, blooming, loving life all the time, every minute of the day. This I thought sort of talked through. Somebody who's a competent baker, who knows what they're doing, but they've got some anxieties. They're not sure. They they need a little bit of support. And I thought it, I thought it was really good that it was a best friend. So Kate's a little bit anxious, can't get this done. They've got an order to get out. She's really struggling and Riley comes over and gives her that support and gives her the, the confidence and the ability to be able to do what Kate can do quite competently. Yeah, I remember this one. This is quite a nice story. But Riley's her rock. Yeah. And her best friend. And, and obviously Kate's been trying to get over, over an ex-girlfriend that she's took a couple of years to get over. And right at the very end of it, I think it's sweet that Riley's always been her rock. I suppose she's had a bit of an ulterior motive. She's just been waiting for Kate to get over the ex-girlfriend. Yeah, but isn't it nice that she hasn't put any pressure on or let it be known? Yeah. And I just thought it was a really sort of feel-good story because Kate's kind of like, you know, her anxieties didn't allow for relationships in her life and Riley's been off had quite a lot of one-night stands while she's been hanging around waiting for Kate to perhaps notice her. Yeah. It had a lot of realism in it as well. You know, there wasn't a, right, well, I'll take you some cupcakes round in the morning and then, hey, up, I'm going to jump into bed with you at 10 o'clock at night. But it had the same type of ending without being particularly unrealistic, if I'm honest. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. I didn't agree with you. My top was called Chemistry. And what I'd wrote when I'd read this one was by far the best story in this book so far. Mm-hmm. And there have been several that I've enjoyed. It's still short, but longer than some, with some much appreciated detail. It's got lovely rounded out characters. It's got realism. And although, again, predictable, which is a running theme throughout this entire book for me, the journey was unusual and well worth the read. It's gems like this salted away back here that make anthologies well worth the time to read on. Lee Daly is one to watch, and Lee Daly is the author of this particular story. And it's all really about noticing at the very end of the day that the person that's right in front of your face and your best friend is actually probably your soulmate. Yeah, because they'd they'd been through a lot together, aren't they? They'd known each other most of their lives as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was nobody each of them knew better in the world, but they'd never got together. Until they did. Until they did. It was just salted away towards the end of the book, and I'm really pleased 
that I persevered and read as far as I did. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's had its ups and downs, this book, Daisy, hasn't it? It definitely has. Such a mixture of stories, good, bad and indifferent. I think, I suppose, what we have to consider, really, that's our opinion. And we're not everybody. No, we're not. And when we say bad, we're not saying they are badly written. We are saying that they're not the ones we would choose to read first. No, there was only one badly written story in that whole book. Yeah, there was. And neither one of us read the whole of it because we just couldn't be bothered to get that far. The others were not badly written. They were well written. But it's just a personal preference, the kind of thing that appeals to you and appeals to your mindset and and what it is you like to read. So in terms of fiction, it's worth a whirl. Yeah, there are a lot of people that want to get their rocks off and want to read stories full of sex for the sake of sex. That's what they're looking for. Just because we're not doesn't mean nobody else is. No. It's called The Girls Next Door. And as Daisy said, it's edited by Sandy Lowe and Stacia Seaman. They brought together an eclectic mix of lesbian romance stories. So what have we got coming up for the next episode? So the next episode then will be a flash fiction episode and it is for a writing prompt that you chose. Oh, remember, yeah, the circle. Yes. Because when you look round, everything's a circle, the world's a circle. It's not actually, the world's a sphere. So there are a million things a person could choose, if they so wished, to write a story about probably anything. For that. Yeah. 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 You, it will probably be something to do with bicycles. I don't think it will actually, you know. Really? Excellent. <laughs> I don't think it will be something to do with bicycles because I know bike wheels around, so they're circles. But no, I, I don't think it will. I can't get the Lion King out of my head when I say the circle. I don't know why. Is that something oh, to do? The circle of life. That's the song it, yeah. where he holds yes. baby Simba up on the rock. Yeah. There you go. Circle of life. Yes. So come on then. Let's see what you can come up with. Uh, get your stories into us. The deadline for this prompt, then, is the 8th of January. Between 500 and 1,000 words, as always, please. And the email address is beerbookspod1 at gmail.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves and have a fantastic new year and a brilliant 2023. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Beer Books and Beer Books Pod 1 on social media. We'd love it if you could share the podcast with your friends. And thanks so much to everyone that's left us a review. If you're listening today and you haven't given us a review yet, please do. It helps other people discover us and their new favourite indie authors. We'll be back soon with more reviews and more flash fiction. See you next time. (laughs) 